Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, They've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day. Probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day. The right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, I do not know what is the requirement to become an ESPN NBA analyst. I really don't know. But Kendrick Perkins works for ESPN. He also played in the NBA. Now, this man is from my hometown. Even though we're from a football city, he played basketball in my hometown. And guys, Kendrick Perkins is not very good at what he does. His takes sometimes really make you scratch your head and question his knowledge of basketball. Now, I'm not saying that um, I played a game better than him. No, 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 I don't. I don't. I never played competitive basketball. He did. He made it to NBA. Congratulations. But what he said after uh, the Warriors won the title the other day, Steph Curry won the MVP. He put out a tweet about Steph Curry. And I found it to be absolutely hilarious, folks. I do, because I completely disagree with what. With what Kendrick Perkins said, and I'm not trying to take away anything from Steph Curry. He is the greatest shooter of all time. But guys, 
This is what Kendrick Perkins tweeted out after um, the game. You can see here. He says, Steph Curry is officially sitting at the table with Jordan, Braun, Kobe, Shaq, Magic, and Bird. Carry the hell on. Hashtag finals MVP. Now, what does he mean by that? Is he just talking about finals MVP? Because there's a bunch of other guys that won finals MVPs. There's no reason to actually uh, put out this tweet. I believe he's talking about when it comes down to all time great players. He's in that Jordan conversation. Nah, man. Nah, you lost me with this. And apparently people are taking this the same way because it says here on fadeaway world. NBA fans disagree with Kendrick Perkins says Steph Curry is sitting at the table with Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird. Like I said, no disrespect to Steph Curry, but there's no way in hell I'm putting him in the same conversation with those other guys that he named. I mean, Michael Jordan is the goat. And I said it before guys, I'm being honest, Steph Curry, if he played in the nineties, he would not be the same player. The rules are different. The game was more physical. And we already know that uh, Steph Curry is more injury prone. He would not be what he is today. Now, I will say this. He is one of the most influential NBA players of all time because he changed the game and really kind of made it a three point shooting game. And I don't like that style at all, guys. I've mentioned that before. Um, the mid range game is just a thing of the past now. Nobody shoots mid range. I don't like that. It says here, Stephen Curry is the greatest shooter of all time, and he has recently won his fourth championship and his first finals MVP. There's no doubt that this championship has improved Stephen Curry's uh, legacy in the game. Kendrick Perkins has recently claimed that Stephen Curry is now sitting at the table with all-time greats in Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird. Many fans disagree with that claim with some roasting Kendrick Perkins for saying Stephen Curry uh, wouldn't win any titles in the next four years. Yeah, he actually did put that out. Um, I have it right here. Here it is right here. You can see here it says how many titles will Stephen uh, win in the next four years? That's Kendrick Perkins right there uh, with a bit fat zero. Now, it's kind of funny, guys, that he's singing this praise on Steph Curry now because he got destroyed by Warriors fans also. Uh, for this, Kendrick Perkins ripped by Warriors after saying Stephen Curry would do absolutely nothing in game six. Wow. But this is Kendrick Perkins, guys. Um, actually, let's go back over to Twitter here. From this tweet, the first the first um, response says here, uh, fuck no, shaking my head. This man wins championships of flips and ball screens. Um says the next one says this is just disrespectful to all the players that are so way better than Stephen Curry, Kareem, Wilt, Bill Russell, Tim Duncan, KD and others are all way better than Stephen Curry. Everyone after um, one finals MVP wants to act like Stephen Curry has ascended into heaven or something. Now, he makes a good point right here because um, Stephen A. Smith has come out and said that Stephen Curry has to be in the top 10. My question is, who are you taking out? Now, I didn't have Stephen Curry in the top 10 at all. 
and my top 10 is, um, and I'm just kind of guesstimating here. I don't have him in the top 10 at all, because who are you going to take out? Now, if you just want to go by the guys that Kendrick Pers- Perkins listed here, so Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq, Magic, and um, and Bird, that's six guys right there. He didn't even get to um, to to Wilt. He didn't get to Bill Russell. He didn't get to um, Tim Duncan. Um, I got Akeem ahead of him also as well. There's no way Steph Curry is in my top ten. Now, he's in that... Um, I would say that 12 to 20 ish range, I would say somewhere in there, but, uh, top 10 and Kendrick Perkins isn't necessarily saying top 10. It seems like he put, he's putting him way up there at the top. Uh, if you ask me here, um, and this is pretty dumb right here. Duncan was not better than, than Curry is today. That's ridiculous. For one thing, Tim Duncan played defense as well. Steph Curry. Not a defender, not a defender. And I know it's kind of hard to uh, to actually compare, you know, big men to guards. But when you look at uh, who's the better player it's Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, if you ask me here. And let's get back over um, here. And uh, let's see here that that's the, the tweet I already read right there. <laughs> this one here um, has laughing emojis right there. And uh, they using a uh, Kobe Bryant, like he's uh, tweeting. Kobe Bryant says, "Don't text me again, you trash." And I got Kobe ahead of him also as well. Um, says here, Michael, LeBron, and Kareem are all at the table, or at the table all by themselves. Carry the hell on now. And I'm not even a LeBron, a LeBron James fan, but there's no way in hell that Steph Curry is on the same level as a basketball player as LeBron James. Just not. Um, It says here until Stephen Curry wins a fifth NBA title, then maybe we can talk both uh, Jordan and Kobe are legends compared to him. He still has uh, many years left ahead in his career, so he should be able to win uh, more titles. I don't know about many years. Steph Curry is actually a little bit older than what you actually think. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he's uh, 34. And but some people did predict that he would actually win another title um, since he actually won his last one. Now, the Warriors, they were down uh, the last couple of years and um, they rebounded. They still battle some injuries on um, this year. But um, this is probably going to be, be the last title that he wins. Uh, probably so. Uh, we'll actually um, um, have to see here. Yeah, some people bring it up Tim Duncan too. Why? Why do you and others forget about the greatness of Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan was an all-time great, guys. Really was an all-time great. But, uh, guys, what do you think of this? What do you guys think of Kendrick Perkins and his take on Steph Curry being at the same table as uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq, Larry Bird, Magic? No. No. And I didn't even mention Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, Steph Curry's definitely not in that conversation. Definitely not. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to black and white sports and we'll catch you next time. Black and white network supporters. Make sure you check out the black and white network merchandise store. 
Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, let's do an update here on the Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless beef. As you guys know, um, Stephen A. Smith came out and um, basically said that he's the reason why ESPN's first take is successful. Even though it was successful before he actually got on the show, um, Skip Bayless is the reason why that show was successful. Going all the way back to uh, the cold pizza days, they figured, hey, we got something here. So they revamped the show and made Skip Bayless the star of the show. Well, Skip Bayless and uh, Stephen A. Smith, as you guys know, are pretty close. Very, very close. Even Skip Bayless came out and said that um, him and him and Stephen A. Smith are extremely cr- close. He actually calls him his brother. Skip Bayless even says that he's closer to Stephen A. Smith than his own brother. That that's saying something right there, folks. But um, there seems to be an ego problem between Skip and Stephen A. And they both definitely have their own egos. Now, I do believe that they are still close to this day. But uh, Skip Bayless was not happy with what uh, Stephen A. Smith said when Stephen A. Smith pretty much said that um. First take was in a gutter before he got there. And he said, we were number one when I came on board and Skip Bayless came back and retorted and said, wait a minute. No, we were number one before you got there. And he was right on the money with that. He's, he came out, man. And he had to, um, tell like it is to, um, his boy, uh, Stephen A. Smith. He said, how dare you? And that it was blasphemous. Now, This is what Stephen A. Smith has come back and said. Stephen A. Smith maintains comment about former ESPN first take partner Skip Bayless wasn't meant to slight my brother. Now, if you guys actually listen to the clip, it definitely sounds like a slight at um, Skip Bayless and uh, first take before he got there. But I do believe Stephen A. Smith has a big ego. So does Skip Bayless, but. The show was already successful before you got there. But in case you guys don't know, this is what um, Stephen A. Smith said. Let's roll this clip. Skip Bayless was doing his thing with First Take, having the two live stews, Jamel Hill, Rob Parker, and various other people debating against him. And then in 2012, they weren't satisfied with the numbers. They weren't satisfied with the ratings, the level of revenue that was being generated. Skip Bayless comes to me in the parking lot. Uh, on on the campus of ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. And he says, I know you got your plans. You love the NBA. You love being out on the road. You love being in the locker room. But he said, but I need you. He said, I can't. I've done all that I could to take this as far as I could go. I need you to do this for me, please. He said, I just need three years. He said, I think we'll knock it out the park. I thought about it. Those were clearly my best options. They weren't about to give me my own show or anything like that at the time. I said, I thought about it for a couple of days. I said, all right, I'll do it. One month later, we were number one. 
and we've been number one ever since. So you heard that, guys. And um, yeah, they weren't going to give him his own show because uh, Stephen A. Smith had his own show, quite frankly, and it failed. Stephen A. Smith and uh, Skip Bayless. You're supposed to be like brothers. We got some brother on brother fighting right here. But um, Skip Bayless said that it didn't happen like that. But yet Skip Bayless also said that um, yesterday I actually heard this, that he would be willing to actually probably work again with Stephen A. Smith in the future. Now, another reason why I don't believe what Stephen A. Smith was trying to sell is that he's the one that was practically begging Skip Bayless to come back to ESPN. Remember, he wanted Max Kellerman off first take. There's a reason why Skip Bayless was a much better option over there on first take than uh, Max Kellerman. And ESPN was so desperate, they were going to allow Skip Bayless to remain at Fox. And Fox actually came back and said, wait a minute, hold on. We'll match that deal. And Skip, Skip Bayless actually said it was a little more. But now, since uh, Skip Bayless has come out and slammed Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith came back on Twitter and he actually said this. He said, quote, I didn't lie about a damn thing. This is nothing more than a misunderstanding. As I stated on many occasions, Skip Bayless made first take. He carried it on his back for years. And when he asked me to come on, he needed me because he carried the show on his back for years. He needed a permanent host. He asked and chose me. Because of his decision, I've enjoyed the success I have. Because of him, I've become what I've become at ESPN. Skip Bayless is my brother. I will always love this man and I will always be grateful. No matter how far I continue to climb, I have him to thank my comments about the state of uh, first take at the time is what I was told. It certainly wasn't meant to slight my brother. I would never intentionally do that. The only sad part about that portion is that he appears to not know that despite my consistent commentary over the years regarding how much he means to me. Check the record. The rest I will address with my brother Skip, Bay- Skip Bayless uh, privately. That is the words of uh, Stephen A. Smith. Now, Skip Bale has also said on his podcast that him and Stephen A. see each other like once a month. You know, he's on in L.A. Stephen A. Smith is on the East Coast, but they still get together because they are that close. Now, one thing about. About what he said right here, he said, quote, he needed me because he carried the show on his back for years. Now, in the J.J. Reddit clip, he said that Skip Bale said that, um. Um, I've carried this show as far as I can. And he definitely insinuated that um, first take wasn't where it was supposed to be. Now, Stephen A. Smith is saying that is what he was told. I'm not buying this for some reason. I'm really not. But um, hopefully Skip Bayless and uh, Stephen A. Smith can uh, work things out. Uh, He said that he would actually be addressing this with Skip Bayless um, himself. Uh, Skip Bayless still seems to be having a lot of love for Stephen A. Smith. But um, when Skip Bayless tells his brother, how dare you to the whole world? That's definitely some beef here. Probably a little bit more um, than what we're led to believe. Like I said, the, both of these guys have big egos. And their egos are definitely clashing. But I don't, I don't buy for one second that um, 
Stephen A. Smith made first take. I just won't buy that. Skip Bayless made first take successful. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, as you guys know, wokeness has run amok in sports. And it actually happened in the NFL, whether it's uh, kneeling for BLM, kneeling for Marxism, that kind of thing. Virtue signaling in racism and end zone, uh, black national anthem. All these virtue signals have gotten out of control. It really has. But there's one aspect of uh, the NFL that I don't think many people are talking about. And honestly, guys, I just actually found out about this uh, today. There is a section on the NFL's website. That addresses Hispanic Heritage Month. Now, that's actually celebrated in um, in September, if I'm not mistaken. However, this section of the website has been up, I believe, for a while. And folks, when you're so woke, you don't even realize that you're actually insulting people. And also, by the way, the NFL. The virtue sitting is so bad in this that they even misspelled their own name. Check this out. It says here. On Breitbart, I caramba, NFL mistranslates its own name on Latinx or Latinx section of website. Yeah, this whole thing is a virtue signal, and this is really bad, folks. Now, I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker, but I am from Texas. I took a couple of years in Spanish. I've been to South America, so I know a little bit about um, speaking Spanish here. I do. The NFL obviously did not do their research whatsoever. Check this out. It says, despite polling that shows that American Hispanics do not like the term Latinx, Latinx, they don't even know how to pronounce this word, to tell you the truth. This is a woke leftist term, so there's no gender language, but if you know Spanish, Italian, especially on Spanish in this case, the A is a feminine version of a word, and when you use O, that is the masculine form. But, you know, the Wolsters out there like AOC, they want to use the word Latinx, but I digress. Um, the NFL has gone all in by branding itself as the Latinx Latinx NFL. Now, it has that uh, tilde thing at the top of the letter. That's actually on the website, folks. And when you have that, the N is not pronounced like an N. It's pronounced like a Y. So when you see the name like Pena. It's spelled P-E-N-A with a tilde above the N. So in this case, the NFL should actually be pronouncing it as like Y-F-L, which is wrong. A look at uh, some of the recent uh, page editions at NFL.com shows a whole section dedicated to Latinx por la cultura. 
Yeah, this right here, guys. Check this out. This is the website right here. Por la Cultura Latinx Heritage Month. Now, folks, there is no Latinx. It does not exist. But here's the thing, folks. Right here, it says Por la Cultura Latinx uh, communities have made their mark on the sport of football on and off the field. Now, look at the Spanish version of this. It says La Comunidad Latina Ha Dejado. My Spanish isn't great, guys, but um, you get the point. They actually use the correct Spanish version of Latino. They use Latina, the, the feminine version of the word. They didn't use Latinx when they were actually trans translating this into Spanish. This is bad, folks, because people do not use that woke terminology. Now, I grew up around a lot of Hispanics. None of them. Ever and actually, I don't know when this uh, whole Latinx, Latinx thing started. Probably like a few years ago, some made-up terminology. Nobody uses that word. Nobody uses it. Uses it at all. At all, they don't. It says here the problematic use of uh, Latinx, Latinx isn't the only problem with the with the uh, Hispanic uh, pandering venture. Unfortunately for the league, is NFL. I'm just saying that they got it pr- written wrong here. Uh, Conceit is burdened with an unnecessary tilde sign over the N. In Spanish, the NFL reads as La Linga Nacional de Football. There is no tilde necessarily necessary for over the word Nacional. So the addition of the grammatical flourish is gratuitous. Ridiculous, guys. This is ridiculous, right? This is stupid right here. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Wow. Wow. It says besides all this uh, rebranding and pandering to Hispanics is doomed to failure anyway. Even as the uh, NFL pours its advertising dollars into all this Latinx rhetoric, few Hispanics even like to use the term. Yeah, they despise using that word. Recent polls find that only white liberals use the term Latinx. And that's true. And actual um, people of Hispanic Hispanic origins have Little use for the left wing's manufactured word. According to a poll from ICR Miami for Americano Media, only a tiny number of Hispanics have reported using the word Latinx Latinx. The poll found that only 1.7% of Hispanics use the term. The numbers aren't much better among Hispanics who lean left. Hispanic Americans who are registered Democrats said that the Latinx Latinx term is just a un, it's just unpopular with them. The poll found that just 1.6% of Democrat Hispanics use the term Latinx Latinx to describe themselves, along with a scant 1.5% of Republican Hispanics. Similarly, only 2% of Hispanic swing voters use Latinx Latinx, while only Uh, 55% prefer Hispanic and 34% use Latino. The NFL obviously did not get the memo, guys. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of the NFL uh, trying to go woke and virtue signal and it just goes completely bad? They use a terminology that almost no Hispanics slash Latinos even use on a daily basis. This is insulting right here. They need to take down this page 
and redo it for actual um, Hispanic Heritage Month because this is a virtue signal that looks ridiculous. It really, really does. But that's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, welcome to your daily Deshaun Watson update. It seems like every day now we're making a Deshaun Watson video because we get a whole bunch of news every single day. Uh, however, this time it's not actually a new lawsuit getting filed against him. Not yet, even though we know that there's a possibility that more lawsuits could actually be on the table for him. Deshaun Watson is in a world of trouble. This man has not been on a football field in over a year because last season, the Texans set him down, uh, basically suspended him with pay because he got paid every single dime. They actually just deactivated him uh, every single week. Deshaun Watson is now on the Cleveland Browns. And we know that Browns fans are not happy whatsoever with the, with the actual trade of the trade for, I should say, Deshaun Watson. However, Baker Mayfield is still on that team. And I believe that he is on a team for a reason. It's that the NFL is probably going to lay the hammer down to where Deshaun Watson won't see the field for a very, very long time. And the Browns, they need some insurance. That is why Baker Mayfield is still on the team. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm telling the Browns to go to hell. I am not playing for you guys whatsoever. Well, guys, bad news if you are Deshaun Watson. Nothing official yet, but we have an idea of the punishment that Deshaun Watson is actually going to get. Over here on Pro Football Talk, report NFL to probably seek a one-year suspension for Deshaun Watson. Yes, we know he has 26 cases. We're pretty much in unprecedented territory right now. I can't think of any NFL player with this many lawsuits for sexual misconduct. And you probably won't ever see it again. This is just crazy. So they're probably going to seek a one-year suspension. Let's read up on this. When Major League Baseball suspended Trevor Bauer for two years due to allegations that at the core involved sexual consent, and the violation of it, we asked whether this meant the NFL would will suspend Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson for a full year. Reportedly, the league will try to impose something along those lines. And I believe that the Trevor Bauer situation probably did play a role in this or will play a role in this. Uh, nothing is, is official yet. We're probably going to uh, find out something official in the next couple of weeks. That's just my speculation. Mark Massey of the uh, Washington Post reports that the NFL will argue that Watson should receive a significant suspension and that the league will probably uh, the league probably will ask for a one year banishment.
the disciplinary officer jointly hired and paid by the NFL and the NFLPA. Retired federal judge Sue L. Robinson would then determine whether she uh, should impose a suspension of that magnitude, something less than that, or no sus- suspension at all. So the league is going to come with their recommendation. She will either say yay or nay on this, and then we kind of go from there. But it actually could get worse for Watson. Check out this next sentence here. If the end result is no discipline of any kind, the case ends. If any discipline is imposed, Commissioner Roger Goodell would have jurisdiction to over have jurisdiction over an appeal by either or both sides. He could reduce it or he could increase it. So if this actually gets to Goodell, this could be very bad news for Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's a lot of people out there very upset uh, with Deshaun Watson, also with the NFL for not doing anything. So if he gets a year, Goodell can make this two years. Maybe he can even make it a lifetime banishment. I'm not sure. But none of this is good news for Deshaun Watson or the Browns. Now, Nick Casario, who is the uh, general manager of the Houston Texans, was asked, could the trade trading Watson away? Could that be actually avoided? He said there's no way that it can. The Cleveland Browns are in a mess right now. They did this to themselves. Uh, Some think the league will deliberately overshoot his preferred suspension, assuming that Judge Robertson will reduce whatever is imposed. Thus, if the league asks for a year, she could potentially cut it to eight or ten games. If the ultimate goal is to have Watson suspended for a full year, the league may need to propose something more than that. Yeah. I think that the NFL probably wants this guy gone for a good year. So maybe they'll actually come out with a two year suspension and then she'll say, all right, I'm going to do one year. So maybe they'll actually have to do something extreme like that. Permaski uh, NFL PA outside counsel, Jeffrey Kessler has become involved in a case. The league reportedly is concerned that Kessler will push for no discipline at all. Now, that would be a very, very bad look. I don't see how Deshaun Watson gets no discipline whatsoever. Now, Maskey confirms our, our report that in defending Watson, the NFLPA will point to punishments imposed on Commander's owner Daniel Snyder, Patriots owner Robert Kraft, and Cowboys owner Jerry Jones to support the argument that Watson's punishment, if any, should reflect the consequences those owners receive, especially since the personal conduct policy warns that owners are held to a higher standard than players. Massey asked that the league would like to have the situation fully resolved before training camp opens, which is like in a month, but that the approach taken by Watson and the NFL PA could delay the outcome. Uh, don't blame Watson. If that happens, NFL, uh, you've had months to investigate this situation and to make a decision when the time comes for Watson and the NFL PA to present a defense it should take whatever amount of time it needs to take. And that um, should have been factored into the timing of the initiation of the process. Yes. Yeah, so if he ends up getting, um, let's say suspended for a whole year, but the NFL waits for a while, he'll probably be allowed to actually play on appeal. And we don't know how long that actually take. I do believe that um, the NFL is probably going to have to move pretty fast here. 
But um, this is not good news for Deshaun Watson. It's not. Theoretically, man, you may not see Deshaun Watson on a football field for a full two years. Now, if you are a Browns fan and you want Deshaun Watson, the good thing is he's young. The bad thing is he has a lot of baggage and there's no telling the way he's actually going to behave himself on the Browns. I'm pretty sure, you know, the Browns probably will um, pamper him just like the Texans did. Maybe they'll enable him or maybe they'll learn from the Texans and say, hey, um, we're not going to actually um, give you anything extra. Um, you're going to have to abide by the rules, that kind of thing. I also believe that the hammer is going to come down on the Houston Texans also. Uh, no word on um, that yet, but um, that's pretty much it, guys. That is the update here. Deshaun Watson looking at probably a one-year suspension, if not more, if it actually gets to Roger Goodell. Bad news if you're Deshaun Watson, man. Learn to control yourself. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, the NBA Finals were an absolute disaster. Even though the Golden State Warriors won the title four games to two, Steph Curry's the MVP, but you had two marquee franchises. Historically great Boston, who I believe actually has 17 titles. And you have uh, the modern day team in the Golden State Warriors just won their fourth title in, in eight years. And really one of the few teams that actually drew people this season was the Warriors. However, guys, when it comes to the NBA Finals, People did not watch. And I'm talking about game six of the NBA Finals closeout game in Boston. And people just turn off their TVs. These ratings are a dumpster fire, guys. Check it out here on OutKick. NBA Finals ratings underwhelm to very end. The NBA Finals ended Thursday night. And so did the string of underwhelming ratings. The Warriors Celtics matchup garnered. Over the course of the six game series, Golden State's 103 90 victory in game six drew a total of 13.99 million viewers. The most viewed game of the finals, keep that in mind, per Showbuzz Daily. When compared to previous uh, pandemic levels, however, the number, the final number falls well short. Game six of the 2019 NBA Finals between the Warriors and Raptors was watched by 18.1 million viewers. And folks, that was a team from Canada, Canada, not the United States. And by the way, the Warriors in that, um, were in that series. Of course, they were pretty banged up. Uh, the Raptors actually won that title. 
they got 18.1 million viewers. Now, at that time, I was actually still watching the NBA. The NBA didn't go full anti-American, and we know what they did in 2020. I don't know if they'll ever recover. In total, Toronto's triumph over Golden State was watched by an average of 15.125 million viewers. That's well ahead of the 12.39 million on average that tuned into this year's finals. This year's finals has two marquee teams. The Toronto Raptors, not a marquee team, and more people watch that series than this one. In total, all but uh, game six drew lower viewership than every game during the 2019 finals. So game six, 13.99 million viewers. This is trash. I remember um, where I was when Michael Jordan hit the shot in 1998. The NBA will never, ever reach that height again. I believe that was like 38 million people that watched that game in 1998. Folks, I did a little bit of research here on the number of viewers that actually watched closeout games for the NBA. Folks, this 13.99 million is an unmitigated disaster. So, over here, they don't actually have a game sits in there. But in 2021, last season, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns, it did beat that 12.52 million. Now, if you don't want to count the bubble because people don't want to, I mean, the bubble title really doesn't count. Folks, look at the closeout um, viewers watching these games. Toronto, Golden State, like they said, over 18 million. Warriors and Cavaliers, where it was a sweet, wasn't even competitive. 16.24 million actually watch. Uh, Golden State and uh, Cleveland and uh, Golden State uh, won that series. 24.47 million people watched the closeout game. 31.02 million watched uh, the Warriors blow a 3-1 lead in the final game on that one. You have 23 million right there. 18 million, 2014, 2013, you had 26 million, uh, 2012, 18.46 million, uh, watch the closeout game, 2011, 23.88 million, 2010, 28.2 million watch, 2009, 14.17 uh, million actually uh, watched that game, that, that was actually uh, the Lakers played in that series right there. And then the Boston Celtics and the Lakers, 16.88 million people watch the Celtics win that. Folks, you got to go back to uh, 2007 here. Closeout game. That is the San Antonio Spurs and Cleveland. LeBron's first NBA Finals, only 9.91 million people watch that. You have to go all the way back to 2007. And then at that, if you want, want to go back further, 2006, uh, Heat and uh, Mavericks, that was Dwayne Wade there. They beat the ratings for um, the number of viewers for uh, this game last night. Wow. You got to go back all the way to 2005, where the Spurs had 13.47 million uh, people watched them beat on the uh, Detroit Pistons. It's a disaster, folks. I don't know if the NBA is going to ever recover, but this is what happens, man, because the ratings are starting to go up before Steve Kerr and 
started going super duper woke, talking about gun violence. Didn't want to talk about the game. Uh, these players virtue signaling, wearing in gun violence, that kind of thing. People tune in just to be entertained. They actually don't want to hear your politics. They don't want to do that. But Steve Kerr went on the attack, attacking Republicans. Very, very divisive. And the NBA finals, they sucked. The NBA, you deserve this. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use monk fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up, use whipped cream, sugar, monk fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and white sports fans, we have told you guys many, many times when you mix sports and politics, it is a recipe for disaster. Sports and politics do not go hand in hand. Politics should stay on one side. Sports is supposed to be an escape from the everyday problems of the world. This is something that um, the NBA still has not learned. They haven't. As you guys know, I have not watched the NBA in like two and a half years when they got into that NBA bubble and they decided to get extremely political, more political than any sports league out there in 2020. They turned they turned me off and a lot of people never came back. And also that reflects on the NBA ratings for the NBA finals, which the Golden State Warriors actually won last night and not many people watched it. Let's be clear. I'm pretty sure that Rhodes will end up doing a uh, ratings video uh, when we find out the actual ratings of the NBA Finals. The Warriors won, and I really don't care. Steph Curry won the MVP. I really don't care. I don't. We also have been telling you for years now that uh, ESPN, when they got into politics, people started turning off ESPN. And then management came in and said, hey, no politics. 
And for a little while there, they kind of got away from uh, talking politics. But then 2020 happened and then bam, they went all into wokeness and politics. And now they're suffering yet again. When will these organizations realize that you cannot miss the two? Well, that brings us to the athletic. The athletic is pretty woke. They're pretty woke and they're pretty much going broke, I guess you could say. But they have new management now. The New York Times is actually pretty left wing. Bought them earlier this year. And now the New York, the New York Times has actually laid down the hammer on the athletic. They have implemented now a no politics policy. And they have told them to stick to sports. Over here on OutKick, NYT ownership, the athletic lays down no politics rule for staff. And I'm wondering how long this will actually last. So if some George Floyd type of situation happens again, which I don't hope does not happen. I don't know if this is going to last. But it says here, the long anticipated slap in the face to the athletics politically angled approach to sports has finally arrived. And it's the New York Times delivering the smack to the athletics uh, hedonistic approach to sports journalism, encouraging its writers to mix political commentary with sports coverage liberally. And that is a recipe for disaster. It doesn't mix. To combat sliding subscription numbers and off the visit coverage by the writing staff, the Times is proposing new policies to the athletics editorial direction notably a zero politics rule, which goes against the site's ethos. In a staff meeting on June 8th, the Athletics Chief Content Officer, Paul Feitenbaum, outlined political speech no longer permitted by the updated editorial guidelines. Quote, we could stand up for our rights, Feitenbaum told staff members, but we should not say we disagree with somebody's politics. It feels almost too stupid to type out something this obvious, but apparently it must be said. Standing up for someone's rights almost always means disagreeing with someone else's politics. Feinbaum added that social media and similar platforms used by the athletic staff members should not promote radical political rhetoric. And hopefully they stick to this. And hopefully, you know, some other outlets also stick to it as well. Um, we're probably going to make a video on the network channel because um, the new boss at CNN has said, hey, we're not going to be getting into uh, blatant political opinions anymore on CNN. I'll actually talk about that probably on the network channel. So stay tuned for that. OK. Uh, but anyway, uh, quote, we don't want to we don't want to uh, stop people from having a voice and raising their voice for appropriate issues fighting bombs hit. But there comes a point where something that is a straightforward, Hey, I'm concerned about guns in America, for instance, right? That's an apolitical statement. It becomes political when you say, quote, I'm concerned about guns in America. And this political party is the reason why uh, we're having an issue, right? See, that's what happened with um, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr doing the NBA finals, not talking about the game. He went up there and attacked Republicans on gun rights and gun violence. He blamed them. 
That was a blatant political statement. I don't believe he should have been talking about it anyway. And also, I don't believe that the athletic should even really kind of still. It seems like they still kind of want to dive in to it a little bit, but they want to make a political statements. I wouldn't even do that. I mean, you're a sports outlet. Stick to sports. That's all you got to do. How about actually covering the Deshaun Watson situation? How about doing that? The Warriors just won um, the NBA Finals. And are you guys actually going to talk about that? How about just sticking to sports? No, they probably I don't know if this is necessarily going to work for too long because they're definitely very, very left wing. So I'm not exactly sure how long this will actually last. But it goes on. That's when it tips over. So, again, we don't want to stop people from having a voice and expressing themselves. We just need to keep it from tipping over into the political space. Well, if you're going to start talking like about guns, for example, and say, hey, gun violence is bad. What does that actually have to do with sports? It has nothing to do with sports. I mean, the NFL uh, preseason and training camps is actually going to be starting in like a month. Why don't you actually just talk about that? Why would you even have to bring in guns or anything like that? But however, though, some people that work for the athletic, they're not very happy about um, having to stick to sports, even though that's what they were hired for. It says here, the member was not happy about the decision stating that the people most informed about these issues in sports are now being silenced. Are they really most informed? Are you guys that are super woke over there? At the athletic, are you guys really that informed? It says his quote, what about Black Lives Matter? Is that a social cause? Uh, who will write about athlete protests? What about trans athletes in sports? The employee told sources from the outlet. Where this policy gets you is that the people uh, who care the most about a particular issue, the people who are most informed about a particular issue, are now the ones who are banned from covering the issue, close quote. So they these people over there still want to talk about BLM, which is a griff, you know, a Marxist organization. Th this is the kind of stuff that they want to talk about. Oh, God. Fight Mom also touched on an internal issue within the athletic, which calls for the Times to up their limited um, spending allowance for travel, which the athletics writers claim hinders the quality of their work. The Times noted that travel budgets have remained identical to pre pandemic norms. Once the um, sports site was sold to the NYT, a ticking time bomb set off for the heavy handed political sway within the athletics coverage that posed a significant identity problem. A sports site alienating readers over non sports related issues. Yeah, this is a prime reason why I do not watch the NBA anymore. Now, I still was kind of. Not liking the style of play in the NBA, I still, still don't. They take way too many threes. But when they went full woke and full marches, kneeling for the national anthem, didn't like that. And they just blatantly just threw it in your face. They really did. And just when the NBA tries to kind of get away from it, they start getting back into it, a la Steve Kerr. See what he did? And I believe this is probably what's going to happen with the athletic. Like I said, I'm not sure this is actually going to last um, too long, to tell you the truth. But management did, did need to come out and say, hey, we're here for sports and people are turning us off because we're not focusing on sports. 
They're right about this. But how long will this actually last? That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, what we're going to be talking about here in this video is very, very concerning. I don't know why corporations, universities at that, because this is about a university. Why do they cave to wokeness? Why do they do it? I have no idea. I've yet to actually figure this out. But if you watch the uh, network channel, when it comes to government education, I have little to no faith in government education whatsoever, even including universities. They're run by a bunch of woke leftists. And when you let leftists influence you, you will cancel yourself. And that is what George Washington University did today. George Washington University, that mascot is the Colonials. Why? Because it's named after George Washington and that was during colonial times. Remember, this country did have 13 colonies. And the people that lived in the 13 colonies were called Colonials. Well, the woke mob, the left, they have demanded that George Washington University actually change their mascot. And now, folks, George Washington University has bent the knee. Check this out, guys. George Washington University dumps colonial mascot for not being inclusive. How is this not inclusive? Now, if you want to get technical about it, folks, none of us here in this country are actually colonials. Now, if you go back to the founding of this country, the people here were colonists. That's just a fact. But how is being called colonial not being inclusive? I just don't get this, guys. This is ridiculous. Maybe I'm dumb. You know, maybe I'm not woke enough. But this is ridiculous. Let's read this, guys. George Washington University officials have decided to remove the school's colonial mascot following years of woke activists demanding the university ban it for not being inclusive. Students then suggested the university change its mascot to a hippo or a river horse instead. What in the world? Guys, can you actually imagine going to a George Washington uh, University basketball game and say, here come the hippos? That sounds ridiculous. Or river horse? This is insane. But the university decided to bend the knee. Quote, after a thoughtful and deliberate process that engaged the university uh, community for feedback, the George Washington University's Board of Trustees has accepted the recommendation of a special committee to discontinue the use of the Colonials, Colonials moniker, George Washington announced in a statement. The decision to change the Colonials moniker was not taken lightly, the university added, before stressing that a new moniker 
will help unify the university community and serve as a source of pride. In a purported email shared to Twitter by Young America's Foundation, the university uh, went on to stress that it is important for the new GW mascot to reflect the values, strengths, and diversity of our worldwide population. Now, folks, I went to McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Our mascot is the Cowboys. Now, I'm from Texas, but guess what, folks? I'm not a cowboy. I know nothing about being a cowboy. So the name didn't necessarily represent me as, you know, the the person I, I am because I was never a cowboy, just like I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. But it's just a mascot. This is ridiculous, folks. This is ridiculous. But you know what's going to happen, folks? It won't stop there because we told you we told you guys time and time again. You will never be woke enough for the woke mob. Now, who is this uh, school named after? That would be the first president of the United States, George Washington. Trust me. These waltzers that actually want to cancel. The mascot from being the colonials. They're going to go after the name of the university. They're going to go after the first president of the United States. Why? Because they hate this country. These woke people out there hate this country. And when will the, these university officials recognize that they hate the United States of America? These people that are pushing this, they're socialists. There's no, about it, no doubt about it, guys. They're woke socialists. They hate this country. And they're going to cancel the name George Washington because George Washington owned slaves. Yeah. They're actually going to do that. Because they're going to say, this is a white man that owns slaves, even though when it comes down to slavery, folks, slavery was worldwide. But you know what? You tell that to a woke person, they don't want to hear it. Slavery going on in Africa for centuries, centuries. But they don't want to hear that. It happened in China, happened in Europe, happened in ancient Rome. But I'm getting too far off off topic here, guys. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of George Washington University, the Colonials? Bending the knee. And I believe it's actually supposed to change by 2023. Man, if you're a sports fan at that university, you're going to have some idiotic name. No doubt about it. But you know what? You know what they should actually change it to? Just to really, really trigger the Wolsters over there. Why don't they just change the mascot to um the uh, what's a good example? Let's say um the Americans. How about that? The George Washington Americans. Because we know that woke, woke people out there, they hate America. Just change it to New Americans, man. Let's see how triggered they get. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
black and white sports fans. We're going to be talking about Ethan Lyman here in this video. He is the kid that lost his life outside of uh, LeBron James's I Promise School in Akron, Ohio. He was beat down. Uh, three guys have actually been arrested. This is very, very disturbing news. We got updates on what actually took place. And by the way, guys, LeBron James still has said nothing about this. Nothing about this. But this is not surprising, guys. But let's check this out. Over here on Outkick, Ethan Limey murder case arrest affidavits reveal disturbing details from LeBron James's I Promise School parking lot. So this did place take place on the parking lot of the school. I believe there was actually rumors about it being on a basketball court, but it happened in the parking lot of the I Promise School. It says here the investigation into the murder of 17 year old Ethan Liming in the parking lot of LeBron James's I Promise School took a twist Tuesday when investigators revealed via arrest affidavits that the suspects moved Liming's car to a different part of the parking lot so the teen's friends couldn't rescue him and take him to the hospital. So these guys just left Ethan Lyman there for dead. This is disturbing, guys. Documents obtained by Fox News Digital allege murder uh, suspects Donovan Jones, 21, Deshaun Stafford, 20, and Tyler Stafford, 19. Uh, worked as a team to punch, kick, and ultimately murder school senior to be liming. So all three of these guys just beat this kid up to death. Disturbing. Akron police who have called uh, Lyman's murder senseless while also acknowledging there was a confrontation over the use of a water bead uh, jail gun and what seemed to be a prank term murder. Also alleged Donovan Jones took the phone of one of Lyman's friends as he tried to call 911. So they're trying to get help for Ethan Lyman. And Donovan Jones tapes the phone away from this kid. Wow. You can see here, this is a part of the uh, police report here. It says Tyler Stafford did knowingly cause or attempt to cause serious physical harm to Ethan Lyman. The result of the uh, felonious assault resulted in the death of e Ethan Liming. Tyler Stafford was in an altercation with Liming, and there's some stuff blocked out here. Uh, Tyler Stafford punched and assaulted Liming. Stafford then beat Liming until he was unconscious and then beat him uh, more while he was unconscious on the ground. Stafford stomped and kicked Liming in the head multiple times, resulting in his death on the scene. Uh, when I don't know what this says is blocked, blacked out, attempted to come to Lyman's aid by taking him to the hospital. Stafford took Lyman's car and drove it to the other end of the lot. So they were trying to make sure that this guy got no help whatsoever. Jonathan Sin, who is representing Deshaun, uh, Sean Stafford, doesn't dispute that his client was at the scene and acknowledges his clients grabbed the a uh, $70 uh, splatterball water gun, but he told Fox News that his client didn't move the car to prevent Lyman's friends from taking him to the hospital. Nope. Sin says the car was moved across the I Promise uh, parking lot to keep Liming and his friends at the scene for when police showed up. 
that's kind of strange right there. Why would um they move the car to keep them there? Their friend is there. Something doesn't add up right here. It says, however, uh, sins on Klein and other suspects took off from the scene. And it's unclear if his client called 911 to alert police to what was happening in the parking lot. So the kids that beat up Ethan Liming, they left and they're trying to make it seem like they were actually trying to keep Ethan Liming and his friends there until the police got there. No, these kids ran away because they know that they did something really, really bad. Uh, quote, my understanding is it wasn't moved in an effort to try and prevent anyone from getting help since it. It was more of a situation of uh, you guys are going to stay here. You guys are going to stay here until the cops come. You're going to have to explain the situation. So they didn't want the other boys taken off because they really uh, felt they were in the right. Akron investigators said last week that the beating death of Liming was not remotely reasonable or justified. All three suspects faced murder and felonious assault charges. They pleaded not guilty during Monday's arraignment and remain in the Summit County Jail on one million dollar bonds. And there's um, some other stuff here. Let's read this other one here. It says Donovan Jones did knowingly cause or attempt to cause serious physical harm to Ethan Liming. The result of felonious assault resulted in the death of Ethan Liming. Jones was involved in an altercation with Liming. Jones punched and assaulted Liming. Jones then beat Liming until he was unconscious and then beat him more while he was unconscious on the ground. So the, the kid was already knocked out and he kept beating him. Jones stomped and kicked Liming in the head multiple times, resulting in Liming's death on scene uh, when blank attempted to come in to Liming's aid by taking Liming to the hospital. Jones assaulted Daisy uh, Shady and Stefanko again. Uh, Jones took something, somebody's phone as he attempted to call 911. Wow. And of course, right here, as for LeBron, he has stayed uh, quiet on this case since his initial thoughts and prayers. He's back to tweeting about Taco Tuesday and posting rocket emojis on uninterrupted podcast tweets. Wow. He has nothing to say whatsoever. Nothing to say. Guys, I believe that we need to keep the pressure on one LeBron James to come out and talk a little bit more about this. He runs his mouth about everything, but when a kid is killed in the parking lot of the school that he started, he has nothing to say. Nothing to say. Now, I'm not saying that LeBron James had anything to do with it. This kid getting beat down or anything like that. But this man is supposed to be a social justice warrior. And I already said before, guys, if the shoe was on the, on the other foot and Ethan Lyman was black and the three attackers are white, LeBron James would be all over this. But since Ethan, Ethan Lyman was uh, white and the attackers, um, we're black. It doesn't fit the uh, the political narrative. So there's no upside for LeBron James here. And the mainstream media has been pretty quiet about this. I mean, only outkick for the most part has even acknowledged this. The mainstream media is solid. The world sports media solid. They have nothing to say about this.
and LeBron James, nothing to say either. And nobody's putting pressure on him to say something about this. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, we're going to be talking about Marcellus Wiley here in this video. He is on Speak for Yourself on a FS1. He's actually one of the people that I actually respect in the sports media. He always keeps it real. Now, yesterday on Speak for Yourself, he was talking about Deshaun Watson. And for the most part, I don't believe that the mainstream media is covering Deshaun Watson that much. And we know the reasons why Deshaun Watson, black man. And of course, you know, the sports media is pretty woke right now. And if this was on uh, five, six, seven years ago, man, this would be on the front page every day. And honestly, folks, I believe that Deshaun Watson would have already been suspended if this actually came down five, six, seven, ten years ago. But check this out, guys. Over here on Twitter, Marcellus Wiley has um, put together a clip from First Things First talking about Deshaun Watson. And he says here, Deshaun Watson is guilty of one thing for sure. So what is this one thing? Let's go ahead and watch this clip together and we'll uh, break it down. Let's dive into it. First things first, we have to talk about Deshaun Watson's level of entitlement, which got him into this position in the first place. Deshaun Watson at the time had a girlfriend and within a span of two years had over 60 different massage therapists. I don't know a professional athlete alive that wanted more than one legit massage therapist. I agree with that. 60 sits and we've heard upwards of 100. Now, if that massage therapist doesn't cut it, then you go to number two, etc. This is where this story takes a life of its own. What Deshaun Watson felt in that moment, and this is what I think he's definitely guilty of, is that he's guilt guilty of being a professional freak. Deshaun Watson, yep. there's no way in this world do you ever want that many different massage therapists unless you wanted something more than just a massage. Let's just start there. When you go out there and you try to find massage therapists, there's a highbrow way of doing it. There's a professional way of doing it. And there is also the way that we learned in the subculture of the NFL in terms of, oh, do you want a massage or do you want to get rubbed on and try to holler? That's where Deshaun Watson went. I dated a massage therapist before on the team, team issued. Hey, and you know how it went? This is exactly how it went, Acho. Team says, here's my massage therapist for training camp. Okay, everybody comes here professional. Nice meet you, nice meeting you. Okay. And then all of a sudden, you can just tell by mannerism. You can tell by conversation. You could tell that not all of them were being as professional as advertised. And I dated one from there. 
And it came in conjunction with this. Her conversation was different. So she wasn't just trying to massage me. She was trying to rub on me to holler. And then I started to listen. I said, all right, got up, talked to my teammates. They was like, oh, yeah, her? She cool. She cool. She cool. So it seems like this particular uh, massage therapist um, was cool with, you know, more than just um, Marcellus Wiley, but he was down with it. Deshaun Watson is trying to protect this. Two things. One, he doesn't want to admit that that's what he was intending to do. Two, he doesn't want to admit who enabled him or who helped him do what he intended to do. Well, the Houston Texans, obviously, because they provided the space. They did. So why he's still tethered to that reality of like, yo, I was trying to do more than just get a massage without assaulting, without really suggesting. But hey, my intention is greater than just a massage. Until he admits that, until he shows us that chunk of flesh, everyone's going to misperceive this situation like they have been. It's impossible for me to believe. Look, I don't, I don't know what occurred between Deshaun Watson once he was on that table and a massage therapist was there. What was professional and what was getting personal? I don't know that. I'm not even suggesting I know that. What I am telling you, though, to get yourself into that position 66 different times, oh, your intention is not just for a massage. That I know for a fact. I agree. Some of them weren't even licensed. So you imagine I'm going to find a massage therapist. My first question is, have you ever given a massage? <laughs> All right, told him myself, I'm not trying to get a massage from you. I'm trying to holler at you. If I'm going massage therapist at the massage therapist, one, are they all that bad? And if they're all that bad, wouldn't you say, pause, I'm too valuable to keep running into bad massage therapists. Let me go get the right one. That's a good uh, take right there. If the massage therapist is so bad, obviously Deshaun Watson got a whole bunch of bad massage therapists here. We know how to navigate. We know where to find what we're intending to find. If you want you the best massage in the world, you're around professional athletes and organizations with resources. They can find that for you. Or if you just want to go find somebody to rub on you so you can holler, you can find that as well. Deshaun Watson found himself in this position too many times for me to think otherwise. Nuance or indirect. See, this is what happened with Deshaun Watson. He tried to run the old college come over and give me a massage trick. We've all been there. You see the pretty girl on campus, she likes you, you like her back. All of a sudden, you got to play this little cat and mouse game of like, oh, you're Deshaun Watson, or oh, you're Emmanuel Watson, or oh, you're Marcel Watson. I can't just directly holler at you. Every girl likes him. Oh, he holler at every girl. That's how it was for me at Columbia. I can imagine y'all at UT and Clemson. Good Lord. Good Lord. Anyway, so then it turns into this. Oh, why don't you come over? Let's study. Did you really want to study? You would have went to the library and met the girl if you wanted to study. Come on over. Why don't you give me a massage? Did you really want a massage from her? Like, has she ever given a massage before? No, it's to lead to something else. So this is what happens in these situations. I don't even know if it's nuanced. I think it's just indirectness conflicting. You both are wearing costumes. There you have it, guys. Marcellus Wally of FS1. Keeping it real about uh, Deshaun Watson. So still waiting on to see if um, what the NFL is going to do. I believe he's going to get hammered. Because there's the potential that uh, more lawsuits are actually going to be coming up. Deshaun Watson did it to himself. Then I believe that uh, Marcellus Wally is correct. He's guilty of being a 100% freak. There's no doubt about it, guys. 
he brought this up on himself. The team actually provides um, massage therapists, but you want to go out there on uh, Instagram. Yeah, you were looking for much more than um, a massage. And probably in a lot of these cases, he probably wasn't looking for any massage. But the Texans, they provided him um, the location. I believe the Texans are in bit trouble. I believe that the league is going to come down hard on the Texans. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. If you're new to the channel, make sure you hit subscribe. Punch that like button. And as always, thank you guys and gals for watching our channel. Something we have covered extensively is former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver, former Alabama Crimson Tide wide receiver, first-round draft pick Henry Ruggs, and of course, he is charged with having gotten very drunk and viciously running down and killing a woman and her dog in a vehicle, a Toyota. And um, I don't want people to forget about this case. There was a time when this case, for about the first month after it happened, took over the NFL news cycle. And it, along with the John Gruden thing, was a lot of drama for the Raiders this year. And uh, Mark Davis attended this young lady's funeral. Her name is Tina Tenter. And, um, you know, Tina and her dog burned alive in that car. They could hear her dog and her screaming. And uh, while the car was on fire, I don't want people to forget that when they think about Henry Ruggs and the repugnant act that he has committed here. Uh, I, I made a lot of videos on this, and I was pissed off during every one of them. I'm just letting you know. Uh, he can get upwards of 40 years, and I hope he gets all of it. I'm not even going to try to hide that fact. Um, his blood alcohol level, twice the legal limit. And now we got this story coming out where his attorneys, and, and to me, in my opinion, this is just reeks of desperation on behalf of their client. Uh, but their attorneys are now uh, trying to get his blood alcohol evidence thrown out of this case. Um, I can tell you there were Las Vegas officials because I uh, I believe we were the first on YouTube to do a video on this Henry Ruggs thing when the accident happened the very next morning. I think I made a video at 5 a.m. And... Um, the, the, the officials in Las Vegas, when I tell you they were livid that Henry Ruggs was on their Las Vegas city streets driving 156 miles an hour in his Corvette, drunk, 
one of their officials said, I've been involved, I've been working, doing, doing this for 40 years, long, long time. He said, I've never seen anybody driving this fast in a violation or in an accident. And they were pissed that Henry Ruggs did this. They're going to try to nail Henry Ruggs in this case. This is OutKick. Henry Ruggs' lawyer want criminally high blood alcohol evidence dropped in the fatal car crash case. The defense team for former Las Vegas Raiders whiteout Henry Ruggs is making a case that their client's high blood alcohol concentration was not responsible for a fatal crash on November 2nd, 2021. Now, guys, on a side note, there was videos on YouTube of Henry Ruggs driving down residential streets with his girlfriend in the car in that very same Corvette going way, way too fast down residential streets. I mean, some people were talking he was going 80, 90, 100 miles an hour, allegedly, down residential neighborhood streets. Think about that. Think about how irresponsible that is, how dangerous a child runs out. Anything happens. And his girlfriend was scared in the car in those videos, by the way. Those videos have all been removed now, conveniently. I've seen them all. Rugg's attorney, David Chessoff, and Richard Scronenfeld submitted a bid to exclude the blood alcohol evidence as part of the pending prosecution looming over the 23-year-old for his involvement in the fatal Las Vegas car crash. Rugg's blood alcohol concentration was reported at twice the legal limit at .016% per Nevada law. Quote, true probable cause did not exist, said Chessoff and Scronenfeld in a statement first submitted to the Las Vegas Justice of the Peace and Zimmerman on May 23rd, as noted by the AP. The mere fact of Ruggs' involvement in a fatal vehicle collision does not in itself give rise to probable cause to believe he was driving under the influence of alcohol. Okay. And there's the vet right there. Actually, let me click on this because some of you may not have seen these pictures. There's the vet. And there's Tina Tenter's RAV4. Now, her and her dog burned alive in that vehicle right there. Right there. November 2nd. Around that time is when this happened. Ruggs, a 2020 first-round pick of Alabama, was speeding in his 2020 Chevrolet Corvette at 156 miles an hour, fatally collided with another driver near South Rainbow Boulevard, South Spring Valley Parkway in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Metro Police Department rep- uh, report stated that 23-year-old Tina O. Tenter, her 2013 RAV Toyota 4, burst into flames after colliding with rugs, which initially sent both vehicles tumbling. Tenter was trapped inside the fiery car alongside her pet dog and died at the scene. Ruggs was taken to the hospital and later booked at the Clark County Detention Center, as reported by Outkick's Meg Turner. He is facing up to 40 years in prison and currently under house arrest. 
Quote, this is a very tragic, sad day in the community. Clark County District Attorney Steve Wolfson, following the incident, this may be the guy that was furious uh, about somebody driving in their city that fast and killing somebody. A woman lost her life. Another person perhaps lost his career, perhaps is going to prison. This is a very ugly day yesterday morning. He was, of course, released by the Raiders. Mark Davis, of the owner of the Raiders, did attend Tina Tenter's funeral. And I think that was a good look for Mark Davis. I think he should have. Uh, this was one of the worst acts I've ever seen committed involving somebody in sports. Uh, so they won his blood alcohol level. That evidence dropped. To me, it's crucial in this case, and I don't see any reason that this evidence is going to be dropped. It, it feels like a, a crucial component in all of this. He could get up to 40 years. This guy's never playing NFL football again. I mean, I truly don't believe it. And you're going to have possibly two trials going on at the same time that we're probably going to have to cover. And that's Henry Ruggs and Deshaun Watson at the same time. And uh, Ruggs was just coming into his own as a wide receiver. He was starting to really flash as somebody that Derek was going to be Derek Carr's number one weapon, possibly. And uh, his career is over. The worst part about this is Tina Tenter and her dog. Um, I've, I saw all of those videos, and there were a lot of videos when this happened. And um, one of the worst ones was Henry Ruggs' girlfriend screaming that Henry Ruggs needed help even though he was upright walking around. Setting on a curve, he was upset. And he was asking, uh, she was asking a law enforcement officer, screaming at him, he needs help. And the law enforcement officer was kind of like, you could tell he was like, Lady, we're standing here, and a woman's burning alive right now. I think that officer did all he could to not tell her, sit down and shut the fuck up, because this guy is not nearly as important as the woman burning alive right now that we cannot save. I mean, you could tell there was true... I mean, it was a complete lack of self-awareness by Henry Ruggs' girlfriend at the time. I couldn't believe it. I was like, do you not understand he just basically killed somebody? And they're suffering the worst possible death anybody could have. It was bad. It was a terrible look. A terrible look. I forgot about that. I wanted to make sure that was out there. Yeah. Uh, tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. First, here's a word from today's sponsor. Friends, I'm very concerned about food shortages coming to America. No, not local or short-lived shortages. I'm talking about a national food shortage that will affect everyone, everywhere, for a very long time. Would you be ready if that happened? Probably not. That's why I urge you to get some long-term storage emergency food 
from my friends at My Patriot Supply. They're the original Patriot Survival Company. Over the past decade, they've served millions of American families like yours. Their mission is your survival. And right now, you can save 25% on a four-week kit of emergency food that will save the day. Probably soon. This four-week kit has a wide variety of delicious food that provides over 2,000 calories per day. The right amount for optimum survival. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com so you can claim your four-week emergency food kit and save 25% in the process. Order a tasty starter kit for each member of your family, and they will ship everything quickly and discreetly to your door. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodriance for our Black and White Sports. If you're new to the channel, pound the subscribe button, hit the like button, and as always, thank you guys and gals for watching our channel. Let's talk about Brittany Griner because she's back in the news because her team is talking about her. And the team has also sort of laid out a little challenge to Joe Biden because they're trying to make this as political as possible. We know there's Democrat lawmakers out there that have tried to use Brittany Griner's case as a virtue signal. And uh, they're supposed to be getting a briefing on Brittany Griner today. And they're about to play the Phoenix Mercury, that is, is about to play the Washington Mystics. And the team has challenged Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to come out to that game, come into their locker room, and sit down and talk to them about where things really stand with Brittany Griner. Of course, Griner was arrested over vape cartridges in Russia containing hashish cannabis oil. Okay, that's highly illegal. Um, the one thing we've talked about on this channel is it seems there is a... It's supposed to be a pass given to Brittany Griner, okay? She went into Russia. She broke Russian law, allegedly. And uh, I guess that's okay to so many people. You're in somebody else's country. You're supposed to abide by their laws. And a failure to do so should be just excused. The, of course, the Biden administration has called her wrongfully detained. Well, if she did it, I don't know how much that can be labeled as wrongfully detained. Now... The only person that has come out really and truly that has given any credence, in my opinion, to her situation is the Marine Trevor Reed who was over there and said that she probably cannot get a fair trial over there. If that's the case, yeah, I can understand probably wanting to try to get her back or something worked out, but I'm not trading a notorious arms dealer to get it done like the Biden administration has proposed you won't hear me say this very often in fact i can't remember the last time this is cnn good god phoenix mercury set for u.s state department briefing and a hall of famer calls for a release i still don't understand why the why adam silver or anybody else thinks that they can influence putin on Brittany griner i mean like he's gonna care the coach of the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury, Vanessa Nygaard, 
told reporters that after their game on Sunday that the team was expecting to be briefed by the U.S. State Department on Monday on the latest efforts to bring team member Brittany Griner home from Russia where she has been detained since February. And she's got some interesting words for the State Department here and for the administration. In May, a State Department official confirmed to CNN that they had officially classified Griner as, quote, wrongfully detained and announced her case is being handled by the Office of the U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs, Roger Carstens. Griner, a two-time Olympic gold medalist, was arrested in February at a Moscow airport and accused by Russian authorities of smuggling significant amounts of a narcotic sub, uh, substance a offense punishable by up to 10 years in prison. On Sunday, Night's Guard said it's been 115 days now. 115 days since she's been wrongfully imprisoned in another country, and we just want her home. Well... I'm still trying to figure out if she truly did these things. How is she wrongfully detained by Russian law? Nysgaard expressed skepticism about Monday's scheduled meeting with the State Department. I hope it's not just a show to say they briefed us, which I'm afraid of. Hopefully it's something that shows positive progress. We can learn something new that helps us learn more about how we're going to bring our teammate home. She also extended an invitation to President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris to attend the team's game when the Mercury play the Washington Mystics on Tuesday. Hell, they might be the only ones in attendance at a WNBA game. Quote, you're welcome to come into our locker room and talk to us. You're also welcome to just enjoy the game. You can see what our team looks like without Brittany Griner, but also we would love to just see you as a supporter of our team. And, uh, yeah... We have snacks in our locker room, got all sorts of stuff that we would love to. Honestly, you can just sit on the bench. You can sit on the bench right next to me. Representatives of the Mercury are expected to speak with the reporters again on Monday's meeting. So she's kind of begging Joe Biden to come to this game. They, they need the publicity, even if it's bad. Meanwhile, Penny Taylor, a former teammate of Grinders at the Mercury and three-time WNBA All-Star, used her Hall of Fame induction speech on Saturday to call for Griner's release. Taylor had four separate stints for the Mercury throughout her 19-year career, winning three WNBA championships with the franchise before retiring. BG is our family, Taylor said at the ceremony while asking for Biden's help freeing Griner. She's yours too. The entire global community needs to come together to insist that she's a priority. There's nothing wrong with them wanting her to be some kind of a priority. I get that, okay? Um, It's not being pro-Russia, though, to say that you do have responsibility when you go into another country to not break their laws if that is truly what has happened, okay? Um, And it does seem like any excuse to make this a political thing, they want Biden to come to the game come into the locker room and sit down and talk to them about Brittany Griner's case. Interesting. With all the shit going on in this country, with all of the shit going on in this country, baby formula shortage, gas prices that are ridiculous right now, inflation, Afghanistan pullout, 
that was the worst pullout in the history of all bad pullouts. And let's face it, there's been some bad pullouts over the years. Uh, my God, all of the things going on with Biden right now, the Kavanaugh assassination attempt, it goes on and on and on. Things that they're not taking care of as an administration. You want the president of the United States to put that on pause to come to your WNBA game to talk to you about a basketball player that's being detained rightfully or wrongfully by Russia. We don't know which right now. I've got to be honest with you here. I've got to be honest with you. I hope that our president of the United States, and I lose that, I use that term loosely, does not literally take his time out of his schedule to attend a WNBA game to talk about a basketball player. I hope that doesn't happen. Nothing against Brittany Griner, okay? Except the fact that you talked about how much you thought this country was oppressing you. You may be learning sort of a lesson right now about what country is the one to be in and what not to be in. Okay? Sometimes lessons are hard. But, you know, there's just too much going on in this country right now for this to be this big of a priority. Put things on hold. Get the Secret Service in there. All that goes with that. Oh, man. Unbelievable. This this Brittany Griner thing has turned in... It is more political than it is anything else at this point. People are trying to, make no mistake, people are trying to make a bit of a name for themselves off this Brittany Griner thing as well. And maybe if Biden shows up, it'll raise our ratings. No, it's liable to drop the already abysmal WNBA ratings. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Do you want to see Joe Biden at a WNBA game? I await your answers. I got a feeling I know what your answers are going to be. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, as you guys know, I do not watch Walt Center, ESP, CNN, a.k.a. ESPN, the worldwide leader in woke. I do not watch them. They're all about propaganda, folks. And if I actually did watch um, ESPN, I actually would have known about this story. I believe this actually came out on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Stephen A. Smith. He was actually on first take speaking about Jack Del Rio. Now, we know what Jack Del Rio said. He asked a simple question about why are we investigating January 6th, but not the riots and looting and burning and murder of 2020. And of course, you know, when um. You're Jack Del Rio. You cannot go against the leftist narrative. So Jack Del Rio was fined one hundred thousand dollars by the Washington commanders. Now, folks, that is a significant fine. 
because these coordinators, I don't believe he makes as much money as you would actually think. That's a huge chunk of money right there. Let's just be clear about that. Well, Stephen A. Smith, as you guys know, he is a black man. He always lets you know that he is a black man. He has now come after Jack Del Rio and said that Jack Del Rio doesn't understand the BLM rights because he's white. Check this out on OutKick. Stephen A. Smith says Jack Del Rio doesn't understand deadly BLM riots because he's white. So Stephen A. Smith, you're making an excuse for burning down people's livelihoods just because that's the name of BLM. And make no mistake about it, folks. BLM is not about black lives. It is about cultural Marxism. That's what it's about. But uh, Barbie Burrack uh, writes here, Stephen A. Smith says that Jack Del Rio does not understand the importance of the deadly BLM riots from 2020 because he is. And we empathize to depict his articulation of the word white because that's the way he actually said it. But let's watch this clip here. And Stephen A. Smith sounds like a fool because I'm going to show you a couple other clips here. And I will never, ever justify the burning down of this country in 2020 over criminals. I will not do it. George Floyd was a criminal. Jacob Blake was a criminal. But let's listen to uh, Stephen A. Smith here. He's white. He's not black. And there's an awful lot of white people that cannot in any way identify with the plight that African-Americans feel physically, emotionally, spiritually, subliminally, the list goes on and on and on. When are we going to stop expecting them to do that? We have to get to a point where we look at a Jack Del Rio and what he said and actually be gratified that there was somebody that was willing hmm. to be open about their ignorance. Guess what? Wow, so Jack Del Rio is ignorant. Now, I said it before, guys, if you listen to what Jack Del Rio said, and obviously Stephen A. Smith did not listen to what Jack Del Rio said. He never said that we shouldn't be investigating uh, January 6th. What happened on January 6th, the people that ride it, they should be prosecuted to the fullest in the law. I don't think there's anybody out there defending people that went in there to riot. None whatsoever. Just like I don't believe that the BLM, the Antifa should have been riding in 2020. Same thing. That's all Jack Del Rio was saying. Jack Del Rio shouldn't be uh, vilified. He shouldn't be somebody that's excoriated and nobody wants to talk to him again. You know what black people should be willing to do? They should be able to willing to walk right up to Jack Del Rio. Hey, how you doing? Let's have a conversation about what you said. Let me use this as an opportunity to educate you. Because if we're ever going to have any hope towards making this world a better place, Making somebody cower and hide and, and muzzle themselves and never feeling free to speak up only disguises what they're feeling, which harbors and harnesses their ignorance. Therefore, they walk around feeling ignorant, being oblivious to the kind of things that plague them and us and our society, and none of us get any better. But when he was willing to be open, I found nothing offensive about what he said. I thought it was ignorant. I thought it was ill-informed. I thought it was foolish for him to think that, but I appreciated the fact that he was honest enough to say, 
we're all Americans. Let's have a conversation. He didn't say something, go hide, not want to talk to people. He actually invited a conversation. So Jack Del Rio to Stephen A. Smith is ignorant and ill-informed. Wow. So guys, that is what Stephen A. Smith feels right there. Jack Del Rio is a white man, doesn't understand it. Well, Stephen A. Smith, I wish you could actually tell this to uh, this black woman here where the BLM burned down her store where she was actually working at part time. And she was actually a investor in that in that store. Tell that to this lady right here, Stephen A. Smith. She lost her business because of the BLM. But you mean to tell me that uh, Jack Del Rio doesn't understand? Listen to this, guys. You can start. You can start now. The problem that bothers me, you says black lives matter. I've worked here part time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said black lives matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Look what you did to my store. See, but cultural Marxists don't believe in work. But Stephen A. Smith, I, I dare you to tell this black woman that uh, Jack Del Rio is ignorant for saying what he said. Here is another one. This is after the Jacob Blake thing. Jacob Blake, a criminal. This lady right here is crying because they burnt down a store. <laughs> now, this is a white lady here. We have insurance, yeah, but the insurance isn't there so somebody can destroy and your things and say, oh, well, there's insurance. Um, you, you pay for that. You know, we pay for insurance. That causes insurance rates to go up. Yeah. It's basically theft. They just stole from us. Whoever did this stole from us. And that raises the cost of everything. Cost of living goes up because of that. Cost of... Insurance goes up when, when insurance claims have to be made. And I don't think it's justified for anyone to ruin anybody else's property. It's against the law. They'll be put in prison and order have to be paid, made to pay back what they've destroyed. Letting these people get away with this and holding the cops' hands where they can't do nothing, that's wrong. The and cops need to be able to do their job. And, and you're not doing this isn't going to bring, isn't going to help your cause. Yeah. Well, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinsinger, Nancy Pelosi, they don't care about your business. They don't care about this black lady who lost her business. Stephen A. Smith, 
is out there slamming Jack Del Rio when Jack Del Rio was speaking the truth right there. Stephen A. Smith, I highly suggest that you contact these two ladies and you tell them what you just said on ESPN. And the black lady told you, hey, they just want to steal. They want to loot. And she told them to get a job. But you know what? Marxists don't believe in work. They don't. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let's know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USAFIRST, all one word. USAFIRST, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rudrance for Black and White Sports. If you're new to the channel, make sure you hit subscribe. Ground and pound that like button. And as always, thank you guys and gals for watching. I think we know why Mark Jackson, the former coach of the Golden State Warriors, may no longer be able to find an NBA job. He's pretty well respected around the league. He looked like he was a candidate, a finalist for that Lakers job. If I was him, I probably wouldn't have wanted that job to be just quite honest with you but now there are rumblings out there that he didn't get the job for other reasons now it looks to me like he could be something the nba could badly need right now some structure some true leadership in the locker room because it's clear something is wrong with the league some kind of a thought process has taken over the league and one could say that it may be a lack of an influence of strong male leadership, particularly one that's close to God. And let's be real, I think we all believe that that has been devalued in this country and may have very well gotten everything off track. Okay? We know, I'm just going to keep it real, and I don't care if you're an atheist or not, but there is a massive rise in a lack of religion and religion being pushed aside in this country. Well, Mark Jackson may have been blackballed here. According to Andrew Bogut, who was a pretty damn good NBA player, at least a damn solid NBA player, has come out and said, Mark Jackson may not have a job because of his religious beliefs. Wow. Okay. Andrew Bogut gets real when asked about why Mark Jackson doesn't have a coaching job. Quote, the well-noted church within a locker room, I think, hurts his job prospects. By the way, the NBA wrapped its loving arms around the BLM. Well, those Marxists certainly don't believe in Christianity. I'm just throwing that out. Mark Jackson's name is one that always does the rounds in the offseason when it comes to teams looking for a new head coach. Jackson, who currently works as a broadcast commentator for ESPN and ABC,
enjoyed some very successful years as a coach of the Golden State Warriors. Jackson coached the team for three seasons, during which the Golden Golden State made the playoffs for successive seasons for the first time since the early 1990s. He also led them to their first 50-win season since 93-94 in the 2013-14 campaign. He was fired at the end of that season. However, with Steve Kerr taking over and the rest is history. Now, do we really believe that Mark Jackson couldn't have ended up winning NBA championships with that team? But it does certainly make you think when they brought on a what we have now found to be an extremely radical Steve Kerr, at least in his way of thinking. Many at that time questioned the decision to fire Jackson. I certainly did. But it has since come out that he has made a lot of controversial statements behind the scenes during his time there. There were also recent reports of some homophobic comments he made during his time with the Warriors. And with all this baggage, it's not surprising that a team hasn't pounced at the opportunity to get Jackson on board. I think it's a huge mistake. If you truly want to win and you've got the talent, Mark Jackson would be your guy, I would think. Literally, the first guy you would call. Someone who played under Jackson during that time was Andrew Bogut. And he was asked about Jackson not getting a coaching job in the league during a Reddit AMA. Quote, I think everybody deserves a second chance. And he will eventually get another chance. Are we sure about that? But the well-noted church within a locker room, I think, hurts his job prospects. Jackson has been a pastor and... His strong religious beliefs are what Bogut believes is being the roadblock here. These homophobic comments being revealed don't help either. And you have to wonder if he gets another chance. Jackson has been credited with laying the foundation for the Warriors dynasty. Absolutely. And his coaching acumen cannot be questioned. But everything else is very concerning. Him being extremely religious in the locker room is very concerning. That statement in itself is everything that's wrong with the NBA right now. It speaks to how concerned the teams in the NBA are as well, that he hasn't landed a job yet, and we know that teams will do whatever it takes to have success, except maybe bring on a man that, let's be real, Mark Jackson is a alpha male. He's very old school. He's also religious, and he also uses that structure, I'm sure, that he has gained from his religious beliefs in trying to not only coach, but to develop good, well-rounded young men that can function in society. It seems to me like that's exactly what the NBA desperately needs. They need a bunch of Mark Jacksons instead of churning out betas like Dwayne Wade. It's kind of it's kind of an indictment of where we are as a country. The fact that Mark Jackson may not be able to get a job because he's being blackballed because he's religious. In fact, I would say maybe it's everything wrong right now. This doesn't surprise me, folks. Especially from this particular league. It doesn't surprise me a bit that the NBA may actually be blackballing Mark Jackson because he's a pastor, 
because he's religious. That's going to demand a certain amount of structure. Maybe some of these guys are afraid of or don't want. Man, Adam Silver, your league is a train wreck. It's an absolute train wreck. You care more about guys like LeBron James than you do about guys like Mark Jackson. And that's the problem. I'm going to be real with you. I have a feeling David Stern liked the shit out of some Mark Jackson. I'm just guessing. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Mark Jackson deserves and needs a job. Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no holds barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. Black and White Sports fans, this is definitely the week where sports and politics have been going hand in hand. Actually, definitely the last couple of weeks, Steve Kerr making very, very dumb uh, comments on um, on gun violence. Also, you have the uh, Jack Del Rio thing. Of course, he's been fined $100,000 for expressing an opinion, asking a question. But of course, you know that not, that is not politically correct. So Jack Del Rio got fined. Well, guys, we have somebody else now in the NBA world, former Orlando Magic coach Stan Van Gundy. He has come out and he's made a comment to me that's very, very insensitive to our economic climate right now. And of course, he will not be fined whatsoever. And folks, it's more than just one comment here, because actually when I was actually researching this, I found another comment that is extremely disturbing from uh, Stan Van Gunny. Both of these here on Twitter. But uh, check this out. Over here on OutKick. Waltster Stan Van Gundy calls January 6th worse than inflation. Ladies and gentlemen, is he serious? He's absolutely serious because he is a left wing nut job. January 6th worse than inflation. January 6th. That ride lasted about a whole two hours. That's it. Inflation is going to be around here for a while. Gas prices is going to be like that for a while. But left wing crazy person Stan Van Gundy wants you to focus more on January 6th than inflation, high gas prices. And this is what all these leftists are doing right here. This is the idiotic tweet that he put out. He says, I can't believe this would be a controversial statement, but it will be. Inflation is not as big a problem as a U.S. president trying to overthrow the results of an election and inciting an attack on the U.S. Capitol. So he's going full TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, saying that Trump was trying to overthrow an election and incited a riot. This is a lie, folks. And this is what these leftists are doing out here. Stan Van Gundy, who works for TNT, will not be fined for this comments because 
of course, he has the the right politics when it comes to this thing. This is crazy. Everybody is suffering with inflation right now and will be for a very, very long time. And folks, we will have a recession. Um, probably now you can actually technically say we're in a recession now, but definitely by 2023. People will be suffering. Everybody will be suffering. For a very long time because of Biden and his socialist politics. January 6th lasted a whole two hours. And folks, I'm going to be honest. I'm suffering from inflation. I'm suffering from high gas prices. You are too. Did many people actually suffer from January 6th for the most part? No. Nobody died as a direct result of January 6th. Now, we already talked about Ashley Babbitt. She was actually shot by the Capitol Police. But these leftists out there out here want you to think that January 6th is like Pearl Harbor, December 7, 1941. They want you to think it's on the same level as 9-11 because they want to protect Joe Biden. But there's another tweet here also, folks, that um, is very, very disturbing coming from Stan Van Gundy. Look at this right here. Stan Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy is a disgusting human being. Look at this. He tweets out and they will uh, charge parents who bring their kids to a drag show. These are the, quote, parental rights people, hypocrites. Florida has plans to ban kid-friendly drag shows. I'm going to repeat that again. Kid-friendly drag shows. Drag shows are not kid-friendly. And Stan Van Gundy wants your children to be exposed to drag shows. Now, on the network channel, we've actually covered some of these pride events, and there's some disgusting stuff going on over there. This is to say, this man is sick. Stan Van Gundy is very, very sick, guys. But like I said, he and other people on the left want to distract you from the real problems that are going on right now in this country. Because Joe Biden has failed. And these people want to shield for Joe Biden. I can't believe he said this, guys. This is really, really disturbing that these people on the left and Stan Van Gundy's a millionaire. So inflation is not going to hit him that hard whatsoever. But you, me, 99% of America, guess what? We're suffering. We are suffering from inflation. But Stan Van Gundy, hey, he's perfectly okay. This man is despicable. This is why people do not pay attention to the NBA. This is why another reason why the NBA finals are in the trash. Because it's just become... Way too political. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this? Black and white sports fans. Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports. And we'll catch you next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. 
Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrance for Black and White Sports. Okay, we're going to talk about John Gruden. We know right now John Gruden is suing the ever-loving pants off the NFL. Why? Because essentially, in my opinion, I think in John Gruden's opinion, a lot of people's opinion, it seems like the NFL had a targeted situation against John Gruden. There were a couple of sets of emails that were leaked out. There was a first set, and then like a week later, a second set. And basically what happened was, with the first set of emails, when Mark Davis didn't fire John Gruden then, the second set was leaked through a different media outlet then, and then there was so much pressure that Mark Davis essentially had to let John Gruden go. Although he didn't want to, and to this day, Mark Davis is pissed at the NFL for having done it. Well, of course, everybody called John Gruden a racist because he talked about DeMora Smith's lips. And uh, he's had a bunch of players come out and defend him. One One most notable that I can think of right off the bat is Randall Cunningham, who came out and said there's not a chance in hell John Gruden is a racist. I know Darren Waller who plays for the Raiders, is a big John Gruden guy. Uh, John Gruden gave him a major second chance in the NFL. John Gruden is currently suing the shit out of the NFL and Roger Goodell. And uh, he went to court, I believe it was about three weeks to a month ago, and uh, a judge ruled in Gruden's favor, and it was a big ruling because, essentially, it will prevent the NFL from taking this to arbitration which is where the NFL wanted it to go. Why was going to arbitration so important? Because they wanted to keep all the facts out of the limelight and out of the media and out of the way of people like me and others that have the guts to talk about this, others to actually come out and give you the details that's coming out of this trial. The NFL didn't want to be exposed because the fact is, Nobody buys that John Gruden was the only one that committed any transgressions out of 650,000 emails, but how come John Gruden is the only one that got fired and was the only one that got exposed? There was something targeted about John Gruden. We don't know what it is. Well, another legendary John Gruden player who happens to be black has come out in defense of John Gruden. And he's like, no, you're not going to call my head coach a racist at all. And this is Warren Sapp, NFL Hall of Famer. And this is OutKick. NFL Hall of Famer defensive tackle Warren Sapp has come to the defense of his former head coach, John Gruden. Gruden resigned as a Raiders head coach in October 2021 after emails surfaced where he made racist, misogynistic, and anti-gay comments. In one of the emails discovered by the Wall Street Journal, discovered, okay, Gruden used to, where'd those come from out of the league office? Gruden used a racist, racist trope to describe DeMora Smith, executive director of the NFL PA. By the way, these emails are from 10 damn years ago. I mean, utterly ridiculous. Uh, DeBoris Smith has lips the size of a Michelin tires, is what the email said. Gruden wrote in a July 2nd, 2011 email to then-Commander's General Manager Bruce Allen. 
Well, what the hell did Allen say back? We don't know. And isn't that strange? Sapp, who played under Gruden for two years in Tampa, 2002-2003, appeared on a recent episode of Vlad TV and said the expression used towards Smith was not racist. Quote, that's racist, question mark? If he walked in and said, when I... If he walked in and said, when I walk in my locker room, it looks like a bunch of Demora Smiths in here by the mouth, that would be a racial trope, Sapp said. But to say Demora Smith has big lips? Yeah, Demora Smith got big lips, just like Barack Obama got big ears. He, we've been calling Big Lip Johnny, Big Lip Johnny for the last 40 years. Wow. Quote, I bet this is the first time in DeMora Smith's life someone called him big-lipped, and he said it was racist. Sapp was born in Orlando, went to high school in Apoca, Florida, and said that being from the South, he could say there's no way, quote, no way that Gruden is, quote, a fire-breathing racist. They're not going to call my head coach a racist. I sat in front of him for two years. I'm a child of the South. I was raised in Florida. There's no way a fire-breathing racist would be in front of me or on my speed dial, and we haven't had a real discussion about, quote, ten- your tendencies to not see a black man on your level. There's no way John Gruden's that. I'll bet my life on it. That's the first time Demore Smith, big-lipped. Demore Smith said somebody called him big-lipped, and it was racist. Smith, one of the most high-profile defenders of Gruden, whose NFL career hangs in the balance, on May 25th, a Las Vegas judge denied the NFL's motion to dismiss Gruden's lawsuit against the league. Gruden is arguing that the NFL leaked emails to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal with the intention of to harm his reputation and force him out of the league. Somebody wanted him out. I'm going to let the process take care of itself, Gruden said after the hearing. Go Raiders. And John Gruden will be silver and black till the bitter end. He loves that team and that organization. I mean, he was vocal about how much he supported, even after they got rid of him, for crying out loud. He's still loyal to Mark Davis. Right now, Al Davis, the, the entire Raiders organization, and um, we actually talked about the fact that, you know, People talked about Gruden not winning, but, you know, when all this started last year, fact is they had a winning record. And the other thing in all this that uh, we have talked about before is the fact that uh, the NFL knew about these emails months prior to the season starting, and they didn't bother to pursue it then, in which time it would have given the Raiders an opportunity to have found a different head coach. Why did they wait exactly? I think a lot of us would love to know that story. Why exactly would you wait to bring this out if you already knew? What was going on? How did the emails just conveniently end up with two different media outlets on two different subjects? It seems, and I think John Gruden feels this way, this was a calculated hit job on John Gruden. Plain and simple. Now, there's been rumblings I've heard that The league might have wanted John Gruden out because really and truly they want Mark Davis out because they don't think he can hang with the big boys when it comes to NFL owners in the same way. And we know what an NFL owner looks like 
Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, Stan Kroenke kind of owner. And then we take a look at Mark Davis. And, yeah, one doesn't look like the other. I get it. Uh, but I don't see that an owner should be forced out. And the rumblings are they would love to get Mark Davis out of there. And that maybe John Gruden was sort of part of that. See how he was going to handle it. See if he was going to be willing to get him out. And John Gruden, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, he didn't want to fire John Gruden. That was a thing. Okay? So, and, and look, all that Mark Davis stuff is speculation, but it is sort of rumor mill stuff. Um, there's got to be a reason behind why John Gruden was targeted in the manner he was. Again, 10-year-old emails. It just kills me, this revisionist history cancel culture bullshit. And I think we're all tired of seeing it. And John Gruden's uh, NFL career was ripped from him. He wants to get his name back, I'm sure at the bare minimum, so he could either go back into broadcasting, of which he was very good, or at least go get a college job. I mean, there was rumors out there that he he was in play for the LSU job. Yeah, LSU would have taken him, I'm sure. They got Brian Kelly. That's still a good, good coach. I get it. Uh, but a lot of fans down in Louisiana wanted John Gruden. You know, it's odd. All these, all these guys that know Gruden, know him, known him for years, that are black... How many do we need to hear from before we start believing John Gruden is not a racist? I mean, Warren Sapp, I watched this whole interview. Warren Sapp just come out and said, look, when people get together, they say a lot of crazy shit. He said, including me and my boys. He said, if you hear some of the shit coming out of our mouth, you would probably be offended by that. He's right. Everybody says fucked up shit behind closed doors. That's just part of it. That's part of life doesn't mean you're a flaming racist or a homophobe or any of the other phobes or is you want to throw out there. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Peace, I'm out. Till next time. Black and White Network supporters, make sure you check out the Black and White Network merchandise store. Link in the description. Use promo code USA First, all one word. USA First, all one word. 25% off now. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.